Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Say hello and welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. Um, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. Um, we want to talk about the social justice definition, and social justice is the view that everyone deserves equal economic, political, and social rights and opportunities. And so we want to think that we're opening doors to, of access and opportunity to everyone, particularly those in greatest need. So when we think of some of the formal definition, we're talking about equal rights, equal opportunities, and equal treatment. So in short, social justice means equal rights and equitable opportunities for all. Today, our conversation is with Nicole Spence Goon, and I hope I didn't screw that up too badly, but did I do say that right? Perfect. 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 All right. So let's just kick off. And, you know, we always like to kick off with an elevator pitch about Nicole and your superhero persona. <laughs> All right. Um, so about Nicole, I can put it in like categories of work, family and play and, and work superhero in there a little bit. Um, so I'm currently an agile coach at Excella and Within Excella, I am part of their idea team. So that's their version of um, DI. They just rearranged the letter so we could have idea. But <laughs> same, same thing. Um, and uh, I've been working in software development for over like 20 years in a lot of different roles. Like I started as a developer, did the tester role, did VA role. I mean, and, and I managed to find my way into the agile space um, about 10 years ago. And I just, you know, gravitated towards it because at the time when I was in my career, I was like, I, I was looking for something more, but I didn't know what more was. And um, the project that I happened to be on at the time started talking about agile and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this Agile thing. I'm like, okay, I'm game, but I don't know what it is. Um, and I found that, you know, as we were muddling our way through, there was something really different here that focused on something more than just the work. And that's what intrigued me in getting in the Agile space. And so I've been gung-ho ever since always trying to learn more in the agile space as well as being active in the community as for family i was born in jamaica um and i was raised partly in canada so i'm like a jam can person so you know i went back and forth a lot but that doesn't mean i like cold <laughs> i did not like winter i still don't like winter no, I, winter is never going to be for me. Um, but as far as a superhero persona, I think what I gravitate to is transforming networking into community building. Um, I never really liked the whole term or activity of networking, but I felt like it was better to start with what we have in common and then build relationships as opposed to like making it transactional. What can you do for me and I can do for you, but really connecting people. That's beautiful. 
So from Jamaica, so that means you are a Yachty. Yes, but I'm from country since I'm not from Kingston. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> and 20 years ago, I don't know, you know, maybe you started when you were 15. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll go with that. Let's, let's go with that number. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. You know, so let's talk about how does social justice, um, social justice challenges show up for you in your experience as a natural coach and also as a woman of color? Um, yeah, I'm reflecting on my experiences and, you know, I feel like I could come from it in terms of, from one aspect of treatment, right? Not, not equal treatment. So this is, this is something from the woman perspective of not being heard, you know, where I've been in situations, making contributions and sharing ideas. And then somebody else shares the same idea. I was like, I just said that. What is happening here? Do you not see me here? You know, so those, those kinds of things. I mean, um, and also opportunity, right? So that, but opportunity, not necessarily in terms of purely job opportunities, but thinking about um, from a larger space, space of your abilities not being, or your abilities being discounted, where you're, for example, um, you know, I was submitting to a conference and you know, they're looking for new voices. So I'm like, great, this is great for me. And, you know, they have, they're providing like shepherds or mentors or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I'm sharing my ideas and they're like, yeah, this might be good for a lightning talk, but not for an actual talk for the conference. So, but the fortunate thing for me was at the time I had a lot of other folks in my circle who could provide other input and perspectives so that I wouldn't take that as like gospel. So that's where the whole community comes in. <laughs> community is very important for support. Um, but there's one other thing that is not as obvious and it's actually something, not, not something happening to me, but something um, about me bringing myself to work, like whole self. People talk about bringing your whole self to work. And there's a lot of things to unlearn, right? Because you're set, you know, you're taught certain things and how you should operate in, in a work environment about, about being professional, which can sometimes, at least for me, come off as being detached which is not great in an, you know, an agile environment where you're trying to build trust and build, um, build up teams. And so, you know, there's also some things on my side that I had to, um, to unlearn in that perspective and, and be okay with bringing my whole self to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's nothing like, people not recognizing that you are a thought leader in this space. Yeah. Hard yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. 
So what is it like when you are in a conversation about diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and, and do you feel sometimes that people speak to you in that conversation as a victim? Um, I don't necessarily feel like um, a victim, but I feel more like a, there's a burden. So really when I'm thinking about it, when I'm saying that, I'm like reflecting back to last year, you know, when, you know, George Floyd was murdered and everybody was jumping on the, on the train about being supportive to the black community and really trying to understand where it's like, okay, you want to be supportive, but don't be supportive by asking me to do the work for you, <laughs> right? right? If you're trying to help, what should I do? I was like, well, go do some research <laughs> to understand this experience. I cannot tell you everything, <laughs> right? And so that's where I felt like, you know, I, I don't see myself as a victim. I, I'm not a victim, but I also don't need to the burden of your um, being uncomfortable. So, so I just want to clarify the question. It's not you being a victim, but is people treating you like a victim? Mm. I think there's a distinction between the two. What do you yeah. Um, I, I don't feel, for the most part, that I am treated like a victim. Um, I think that... Um, people are, at least the people that I'm interacting with, are looking to be more aware, um, if that's the right word, and, and they just don't know how to do it. So sometimes, you know, it might be feeling like, oh, they're doing, doing me a favor. I'm like, no, you're not doing me any favors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally capable here. <laughs> I got here just like you did. Um, but um, at the same time, you know, if, if, if someone is willing to share something with me, I will take it um, so that I can share it with others. So, you know, that may be coming from a place of guilt on their behalf, on their behalf, but I'm not accepting it in that way. I'm you trying to use it in a positive um, perspective. Totally understand. So let's talk about the economic impact of social injustice in your career. What has that been like, or is has it even been anything? Um, well, it appears in. Um, different ways that I try and like, you know, looking back, I'm trying to pinpoint, right? So I think the most um, important um, way has been lack of like reflective mentorship because like mentorship and sponsorship and those are the things that can help propel you forward in your career. And the lack of it won't necessarily keep you back, but it kind of keeps you stationary, um, having without having that kind of support. 
Um, and so I felt like, you know, I didn't see a lot of people um, who looked like me, who, who would have similar stories um, as my, to, to uh, engage with as a mentor initially, you know, when I, you know, entered into really first in IT, um, because when I was in school, um, after I got through second year, you know, I stopped seeing black people. I, <laughs> there weren't any black people in any of my, <laughs> in any of my, my classes, my, I'll date myself with Unix and C plus and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I didn't see anybody. So it was, it makes it harder for you to um, advance as quickly as, as some folks without having that kind of um, support. Um, and then one of the obvious things that I point out a lot is about lack of sponsorship, because really there is a big difference between mentorship and sponsorship and sponsorship is where um, you can really propel forward. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of the key for me where that lack of sponsorship um, and mentorship earlier on in my career had an impact in me not moving as fast as I would probably like. I could completely relate. It's, it's nothing like being in a computer science lab late at night and like, oh, wow, I'm the only one there, right? <laughs> I, I know the experience well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So let, let's talk about you, Nicole, in terms of some of the actions that you are personally taking to improve opportunities for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, BIPOC, in the Agile community. Um, so from, you know, my motivation, especially since um, the lens of Black experiences has widened since last year, um, I have been motivated to focus on Black representation in uh, thought leadership, specifically in the Agile community. So I figured, where can I make the most impact? Where can I lend my talents the most? And so that is kind of where I've focused my lens. Um, and part of it has become from being involved in um, an ad, the Agile in Color initiative um, that had, that's just was born last year, where we focus on mentoring and, um, and coaching and specifically for the Black community in, in Agile and also providing a mechanism to, for right now, that I'm focusing on is providing a mechanism for giving out conference passes um, because access is also an issue, right? Um, and really just about sharing our stories and our perspectives. So by getting with great folks like you and having this platform for, for other people to hear, hear us and see us, um, as well as in Agile and Color, we're also sharing stories about um, Black, from Black Agilists 
um, who are thought leaders in the Agile community. Brandon Rains is one person I just recently talked to. Um, and so that's from Agile and Color. Uh, another part and another place that I'm um, active is as an organizer for the DC Women in Agile. And I'm using my space and my influence there to get more Black female voices in the rotation. We had some diversity in our, in our um, speakers, but I noticed there was a particularly um, limited mix of Black voices there. And so I'm pushing to, um, um, to get more Black voices in that platform and provide it as a platform for new speakers to, to launch their voice. So that's where I'm lending my hand. You're busy. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Good. Yeah, no, I look forward to, uh, you know, partnership with Agile in Color and Agile for Humanity. You know, yes, uh, as you guys definitely. Come and partner with us for a conference and during Black History Month. So that should be fun. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about if, if you want to see change between how BIPOC and non-BIPOC individuals integrate, you know, in an agile community, um, what kind of significant changes would you like to see? So there are a couple of different ways I can think of. Um, one that's like an, I think would be an easy lift is more partnerships. And by partnerships, I mean, just simply more people co-presenting at conferences, right? So one great way and one way that I was um, able to share my voice um, in the conference circuit was by partnering with one of my non-BIPOC colleagues at my company and on a presentation because it's, it's just a great mechanism for, you know, having the different perspectives being shared on a national or even international uh, stage. Um, so that's just one way that you can create some um, partnerships between non-BIPOC and BIPOC in the community. Um, the other thing, uh, I'll harp on it again, is about more sponsorships. You know, people who have the advantage using that leverage and influence to uplift what I call hidden gems, um, because that is a problem that's prevalent where people don't, who don't look like the folks who have the power don't necessarily get the seat at the table because, you know, people gravitate towards people like them who've had their same experiences and that kind of thing. So really kind of opening up their, their doors a little more um, to create more sponsorships. And honestly, I think for at an individual level, just more vulnerability, you know, making that effort to engage with the BIPOC community. Uh, one specific example that I can um, draw on is one of my fellow core team members at Agile and Color, Matt Carlson. 
I met Matt from when we did the the open space with Agile Alliance for um, increasing um, racial justice in the Agile community, and you know he's been active ever since and has really demonstrated that vulnerability. And I appreciate that because I feel if more people did that, you know, we could get to we could get to a better place. Yeah, Matt is awesome. He is. He I'm is awesome. A shout out as well. <laughs> so, so let's talk about um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. The utopia. What would you love to see as a utopia in that space? <sighs> well, I'm going to focus because the the great utopia utopia of diversity, equity, and inclusion is a lot. So I'm going to focus in the corporate setting. And the utopia I see would be there is no need for a DIB, a DIB department at work at any company that everyone is being valued. Just full stop, period. You know, really focusing on making people more multidimensional instead of just putting them in one box, right? You know, because if we do that, it would make it easier for us to connect with each other. You know, we all, I'm sure we can all find something in common with people that we work with if we just get past the boxes. And so, I would like to think it the future to be less about diversity and more about a mosaic, right? Because diversity is just really touching on one piece that um, that people see, you know, the physical differences, but really about making more emotional connections because it's like, I'm not just black, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, you know, I'm lived in these different places. And there's so, so there's so many different dimensions to me other than just being a black woman that we can connect on with somebody who's not black or who's not a woman, you know? So I think it's really about looking at people more as a mosaic because we all bring that when we come to work or whatever space we're in, we, we're all a mosaic. And then ultimately about what I would like to see in this utopia is not restricting BIPOC people to the head of DEI in what company XYZ as the only leadership position that they can serve. Obviously they have a specific um, experience um, that lends to that, but we are not limited to, you know, what we look like. We have a lot more great ideas and creative thoughts and innovative thoughts to share outside of just EI. And so given that opportunity in the utopia, um, we could make the color of leadership be truly reflective of the community um, in that organization. Wonderful. Any final words for our audience 
before I close? Um, I feel like, you know, there's an opportunity here to lift and grow others. And I am offering myself to lift and grow others because I've been lifted up and I've been given opportunities by other folks. So, you know, if you out there are in need of coaching or mentoring, um, you know, please reach out to, to me or anyone in Agile and Color. Um, you can reach out to me in LinkedIn because we want to create that space where everyone is uplifted. So that's what I offer. Nicole? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being courageous to have this conversation with me. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me here. You're welcome. So in closing, I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Nal Share with Dr. Day podcast. I hope this learning experience would also prompt you to take and seek more and discover how you can contribute to the positive experiences for BIPOC lives. It really does not take much. All you need to do is to tap into your own humanity. Um, the music for this podcast, I'm always going to shout out my niece, uh, Kayana Brow Hendrickson, um, copyright 2021, Nal Sharon, Dr. Dave Cornelius. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and connect soon. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.